Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a great night and a great morning so far. Um, <clears throat> our house was alive this morning, as you would expect it to be, with four boys. And um, I've already gotten a Christmas present. We, we did a few small things. We did, um, we did stockings, um, Santa's gifts, stuff like that. Um, and then, then we let him open a present or two. Um, but I, b- before I went to bed last night, I said, um, I said, all I want for Christmas is a couple good hours of sleep. Because that's been tough to come by this last week in our house with all the sickness going on. And I'll tell you what, I got my first Christmas gift. I think I slept for a few hours. Charlie might have been sleeping on me, but I did sleep for a few hours. So um, I have a box of tissues here. This isn't for crying, actually. This is for my nose running, if it runs. Um, But I'm excited to be with you here this morning, and thank you for being here on Christmas morning um, to celebrate together. Um, What an awesome time to come together. And Merry Christmas. Today we've come to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We've come to celebrate peace on earth. We've come to celebrate God, the Almighty God, with us. Over the past five weeks, we've been working through out-of-the-box Christmas series. We've journeyed through this out-of-the-box series and talked about the different things that it means that God works outside of the box. And today, we're here. It's Christmas morning, and we celebrate this out-of-the-box Savior that came in a manger. And so I'm going to really go out of the box this morning I'm going to do something we don't usually do on Christmas morning, and I'm going to read from the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. And so there's a couple things I need you to do with me as I read through this genealogy, okay? Number one, I need you to stand up, okay? Please. You don't have to, but please. Okay, number two, I want you to read with me. All right, because I think it's going to be fun to, for you to hear each other try to pronounce all the names, and it takes a little bit of pressure off me to try to pronounce all the names. But the third thing, and I, I really want you to do this, as we're reading through this genealogy, I want you to think about the names, the people, the stories that are represented as we read through. This is a huge list of names, but each one of these names represents a life, and a story. And so as we read through it, I want you to be thinking in your head as you read names, just think, oh yeah, oh yeah. And and so do that with me, okay? So here we go. This is Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Here we go. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, 
whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram, Jehoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amon, Amon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. All right, let's pause for just a second. We're getting there, okay? Are you having fun yet? Yeah, it's Christmas Day. All right, let's, let's keep going. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. How'd you do? Let's pray and go home, right? There it is. Beautiful. How'd you do? Did the person next to you do? Give me the thumb up, the thumb in the middle, or thumb down. Okay. So, so it's kind of interesting for us to read through that big list of names on Christmas morning. That's an incredible list of names. 42 generations. Three sets of 14 generations. 42 generations. And at first glance, if, you, if you've read through Scripture, at first glance, maybe you've passed through this Scripture time and time again, and maybe you've skipped over it because you didn't want to read all the things that we just read, or maybe you've just glanced over it really quick because it's just a big list of names. Maybe to you it's just a big, boring list of names. But that's not the case. What do we see as we read this? Well, we see that the Christmas story that we celebrate today, the Messiah's birth that we celebrate today, is not a story of one day. It's a story of God's working for 42 generations. It's, today is the culmination of 42 generations of God's working in his people. Isn't that exciting? The names that you heard in there are God working and all through from the very beginning until the birth of the Messiah, God has been working. I don't know about you, some of those names jump off the page at me. Some of them don't really jump off the page at me. Some of them maybe I just pass by. But some of those names, I identified the people and the stories and the, and the scriptures that go along with those stories. And what God did in their lives and how God used those people. 42 generations. And so we see that this baby's birth that we celebrate today came after generations of God's working. We see that God 
showed up. We've talked about in this series that we need to expect God to show up. And here's the thing. We know we celebrate this morning that God showed up in the manger. But guess what? God was showing up through 42 generations of building up to this moment. God showed up over and over and over again in the story of this genealogy and the story of God's people. And so as we talk about expecting God to show up, understand that God has always showed up and will continue to show up. We see that God works miraculously. Okay, just take a second with me and think about the fact that this 42 generations that we just read through all started with an old woman that was unable to have children. And God worked miraculously. And 42 generations later, the birth of a Savior. All through God's miraculous work, God works miraculously. We see that God stretches people over and over again in the stories of the people that you heard in that genealogy. They're stories of people who God took outside of their comfort zone. I mean, an obvious one is, is King David, um, who had to go face Goliath, who was called out to the battlefield not to fight, but ended up fighting. And God stretched him, and then he became the great king. We see that God stretched people. We see that God worked outside of the box. God worked through tragedy. God worked through failure. God worked through pain. God worked through the most unlikely sources. If you read through that genealogy, there's name after name of people that you wouldn't expect to be in God's family. God works outside of the box. And as we talked about last night, we see that the Savior's story includes all sorts of people. It includes rich people. It includes great kings with great power. But it includes poor people. And it includes people with no power. It includes people that were totally faithful to God and his plan. And it includes people who were royally messed up, like King David. No pun intended, but kind of pun intended. King David royally messed up, and over and over again in that list of people, we see people who got it right, and we see people who got it wrong. We see everybody represented. We see men. We see women. We see everybody. And so this story comes together. That long list of names that we read comes together at the end of the genealogy to the coming Savior. We see a story that God has worked outside of the box and has led us to the moment that we celebrate today that the Savior is born. And so I was just thinking through our story. The past five weeks, what we've gone through as a church, and you could take this back a lot further if you wanted to and think about the story of all of us that are sitting here today. But specifically, I was thinking about this Advent and this Christmas season and what God's done in this season we decorated together. We came together and decorated the church together. We hung out in fellowship together. We had a Christmas concert that brought in people from all around our community and was an out-of-the-box way for us to reach out to the people in our community. And we had a blast. We had a good time. We, we've had all sorts of different things that have happened. Um, we've had opportunities to give 
and to serve in ways that we don't always get opportunities to give and serve. There, there have been ministries that we've given to and highlighted. There have been offerings that we've taken and we've worked together to give and to serve our community. We had Christmas Eve service last night and some of us did ridiculous things. But we had a great time of worship together. And Dale gave the invitation that everybody is welcome at this manger scene at this party. And we saw people make decisions to follow Christ through that. We know that after last night there was a dinner where people from our community were able to come in and experience an awesome time of Christmas together because of God working outside the box in our people's lives. God has shown up this Advent season. God has been with us. God has stretched us. God has worked outside of the ways that we would usually think that God could work. God is with us. And, and so, I, I just want to think about your personal journey. That, that's what we talked about, our church's journey. We talked about what we've gone through together. But I hope that God's been with you personally. I hope that you felt God's presence in this Advent season. I hope that you've had some quiet times to experience the Savior coming. I hope that God has stretched you. I hope that God has worked in your life and worked outside of the box because we know that God shows up. And so that leads us to today. This Advent season that we worked through, all of those weeks of preparation lead us to today, to the birth of the Savior, to a celebration, to the manger scene where we celebrate Jesus' birth. We celebrate that a Savior is born and God's plan for peace on earth is here. We see at the manger scene, we see, we see animals, we see rich, we see poor, we see common people, we see powerful people, and we see a manger scene where the Savior has come. And that's where we're at today. I don't know about you guys, but Christmas season is kind of a building season in our family. How many of you decorated before December 1st for Christmas in your house? Okay. All right. How many of you were listening to Christmas music um, in November? Okay. Do you get excited for Christmas? Do you get pumped up? I, that, I mean, that, it's a building thing in, in our family. And so all of this time of shopping and decorating and, and, and thinking about what's going to happen has finally come to today. And it's Christmas. And so this morning is kind of the culmination of the last month or two months for some of you of preparation and anxiety and excitement. Or maybe today is just two days after some of you started shopping or one day after some of you started shopping and you had one day of excitement and anticipation. But today is the day. It's Christmas. We're celebrating today. Maybe you're one of those early decorators. Maybe you just can't wait to get into the gifts. But today is the day. So let me, let's just do something fun. If with a show of hands, how many of you have already done most of your gift opening and giving this Christmas season? 
Okay, how many of you have a lot of it to do after church today and just want me to be quiet so that we can go? All right, hold on. Get those hands up again so I can see who you are. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, here we are. It's Christmas. And we celebrate the coming Savior. All of those weeks leading up have brought us to today, to the manger, to the Savior being born. Last night, Dale talked about the shepherds. He, talked, he, he shared that the shepherd's presence in the, in the manger scene and in the Christmas story shows us that God chooses all of us, that it's not just the elites or the powerful, but that God chooses all of us. The shepherds were the least likely people that you would have seen at the manger scene. He shared about that, their presence in that story, and, and he shared the call that we are invited to the party. We are invited to the manger. And I thought it was awesome that we had the opportunity to respond. And, and we are invited to the Christmas story. We are invited to God with us, to peace on earth. But that isn't the end of the story. And it's important for us to understand that while we read 42 generations of movement of God's work, and today we sit here at Christmas time at the manger and we celebrate the coming Savior, it's not the end of the story. God still wants to move and work. And so as we celebrate today, this isn't the culmination of everything we've done. This is a part of our story. This is a moment that we celebrate, but we understand that this moment continues on. And so what happened with those shepherds after they came to the manger? Let's go back to Luke chapter 2, 16 through 20. It says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. So stop right there. Let's read that again. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you see it? The shepherds came to the manger. The shepherds came to see the coming Savior. But that wasn't the end. They got up and they went out and they told everybody they could. And they praised God and they glorified God because what they had seen truly changed them. The coming Savior is not the end. The coming Savior changes us. And the shepherds show us that, that, that you don't sit here with this news, but you go out and you share it. Have you ever had something that you just had to share with people around you? I've got a friend, and I love this friend. He's one of my best friends, has been for a long time. But every time the Bengals play or every time there's a big sporting event, my phone's going to ring. Even if it's one in the morning when that event finishes, my phone is going to ring because we have to share that sporting moment together. We have to share about that amazing game with each other. And I, I mean, it's like clockwork. I can expect that my phone is going to ring and I'm going to talk about this Bengals victory or defeat 
or a missed field goal, or, or two missed extra points, or whatever it is. But we're going to talk about it, because we have to share it. It's too good not to share, right? Have you ever seen a movie, and you just wanted to show it to everybody around you? Have you ever seen a movie that was so good that you were just like, I want to take everyone I know to this movie? How many of you have seen a movie that you felt that way about? Okay, not a big movie-going congregation. All right, that's fine. All right, so Charlie, our, our third boy, he is a big Star Wars fan, huge Star Wars fan. And so Charlie is putting together the party of the century for Star Wars. He's never actually watched Star Wars from beginning to end, but he loves Star Wars. In fact, um, he's gotten several Star Wars gifts already this Christmas, and we think he might be a little confused as to who is good and who is bad in Star Wars because he loves Darth Vader and Kylo Ren, but, but Chewbacca scares him. And we're like, no, Chewbacca's a good guy. He's a sweet, he's a sweet little uh, whatever he is, what, Wookiee or whatever he is. And, but Darth Vader's so cool. But Charlie is inviting everybody to this party because Star Wars is so awesome that how can you not share it with the people around you? He's invited everyone in our family. Some of you have been invited by Charlie to our Star Wars party, to the party of the century. When something amazing happens, when you have great news, you share it. And that's what happened with the shepherds here. They came all the way to the manger, and they saw the coming Savior. They saw the king that was born, and they didn't just stop there, and everything didn't end. They left and they shared it with everybody they knew. As we witness the coming Savior, here's the thing. If the Savior we celebrate today is the Savior for all of us, like we talked about last night, if the Savior that we celebrate today is the Savior for all of us, then He is also the Savior for everyone outside of these walls. That means the rich, that means the poor, that means the powerful, that means the weak, that means everybody. So as we sit here this morning and we celebrate the coming Savior, and we're excited because we understand the hope that that brings, we have to understand that the coming Savior that we celebrate today is not just for us, but for everybody. That's what the shepherds understood. That's what everybody in this story understood. It's not just about us, it's about everybody. And so the story goes on. And here's the most out-of-the-box part of the Christmas story. Here's the most out-of-the-box part. We talked about a lot of the ways that God has worked out-of-the-box, but here is the most out-of-the-box part of the Christmas story. It's this. Maybe it's this. It's that God's plan to redeem those outside of these walls involves you. Isn't that out of the box? Did you expect to be a part of this story? Did you expect to be a part of this manger scene and this God with us and the king coming? God's plan to reach people outside of these walls involves you. Every one of you. And here's the good news. As we read through the genealogy, we see that God can use anyone. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a king. You don't have to be rich. But God has always and will always work through anybody that's willing to be a part of his story. 
And so God's plan to redeem the people outside of the walls, the people all over this world, is you and me. What we celebrate today is not just an event. It's not just a happy memory for us Christians. It's not just a feel-good day for us Christians. What we celebrate today is that God shows up. God shows up. He did for 42 generations and beyond. He did in the story of the manger, in the Christmas story, and God still shows up today and wants to redeem the people outside of these walls as well as us. God shows up. God is working outside of the box. And today, God wants to invite us into the story. Today, God wants all of us to be a part of this story. Um, Tim Keller says this. He says, the modern world is full of people who say they believe in Jesus or know who he is, but it hasn't revolutionized their lives. The world is full of people who say they know who Jesus is, but it hasn't changed them and it hasn't revolutionized their lives. God wants us to be a part of the story, but in order for that to happen, God's presence has to change us. The people of Israel had these expectations that when God showed up, that when the Savior came, everything would be good and everything would be taken care of. And they could just sit back and things would be fine because everything was taken care of by that Savior. I think sometimes we have the idea that when God shows up, everything's going to become fine. When God shows up and works in our life, when the Savior comes, when we accept Christ, everything's going to be okay and God's going to take care of every, all the junk in our lives and all the things that are messed up. But God's plan of redeeming all things is continuing to unfold today. And God wants to use us as his instruments of peace. I believe that God wants to stretch us. I believe that God wants to change us. I believe that if, as we come together today to celebrate this Christmas story, as we come together today to celebrate a baby in a manger that we know is the coming king, that we know offers hope, I believe that God wants to change us and use us. And so we should be running. We shouldn't leave here today and feel like, yeah, we did Christmas, it's good. No, it doesn't end today. We should be running we should be sharing this with the people around us. We should be peace on earth. We should be God's instrument of peace to others. God is with us. That's great news. That's worth sharing. And so today, I believe that this moment is not the end, but that God wants to call us further. God wants to use us and continue to show up. As we celebrate God with us today, we're not just celebrating a moment 2,000 years ago. We're celebrating that God is with us. We're celebrating that God wants to bring peace on earth. Today we experience the coming Savior. We, we celebrate the King. But now, it's time for us to go to work. It's time for us to live out God's peace and presence 
in our life. It's time for us to continue the story. And so I was thinking about this. How does Christmas change you? Someone tell me, how does Christmas change you? Anyone? What's that? Thinking of others. Okay, you think of others more. How else? Come on, how does, how does Christmas change you? Giving. You're more generous at Christmas time. It's a great time and you want to give to others. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just in a better mood when I'm sleeping. I'm just in a better mood around Christmas time because we're celebrating and it's such a festive, fun time. I mean, Christmas time is different, right? But here's the thing. I think that God with us I think that what we're doing here today is not something that should be different. I think that that Christmas spirit that we talk about, I think that that generosity and that kindness and that thinking of others and that peaceful attitude and that happiness is something that God wants for us every day. Not just on Christmas or the weeks leading up to it, but next week, next year. I believe that the Christmas spirit, I believe that this Christmas story is something that should change us and revolutionize the way we look at others. What if we treated every day like it was Christmas? What if we looked at others every day the way we look at others in the Christmas season? What if we cared for others every day the way we care for others in this Christmas season? Here's the beautiful thing about God's plan, and this is where we're ending today. Here's the beautiful thing about God's plan. God is with us. What we celebrate today is that God is with us. Today, tomorrow, and forever. And so now, as we finish up the Out of the Box series, as we finish up this time we understand that it doesn't end, but we need to go out and we need to live God with us and peace on earth in our lives every day. We need to continue God's story. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. And, and I just, uh, I thank you for your story. And I pray, Lord, that that you would be moving in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would change us. That this wouldn't be one day of celebration, but that, that this would be a day that, that changes the way we, we treat others, the way we love others. We love you, Lord, in thy name. Amen.